Greetings, ladies and metalgents, and welcome to this latest rendition of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. Now, on to the science fiction. I would like to give a quick thanks to our tier 5 channel members and patrons. Fallen Angel Buzz Killington Thank you again. Now on to the story. Story number 1. Civilized War by Hatada Translation script note. The following article has been transcribed from Chital. Several rewriting measures have been taken in deviation from the precise translation of the original text. For further inquiries, enter hash 03-54-01102386284-9. Authorized by Zawashinak. Humans are, to put simply, complex. Dealing with humans is like reading a sentence that you just read. They contradict themselves. They say one thing, while another is true. I know many have written about this topic in varying measures, citing their innate predatory practices, similar to their social networking cognitions and the resulting mayhem that can ensue from such. Many will write about such in terms of the combat capacities, their aspirations to fight, to kill, to make wholesale war. Many such writings hold them as apex warriors of terrifying effect. In my frank opinion, such is false. By many measures, they are certainly more fierce as a species than most, if not all. High gravity, highly competitive, variant class death folders, brains designed for network, for understanding and for maximal violence in every sense against their chosen foe. And that is only scratching the surface of their physical and mental abilities. Their history can prove that too. But it doesn't hold true as we know them now. They reserve themselves. They are miserly with their warriors and hesitant to inflict any more damage or loss than absolute bare minimum that is required. They also reserve their weapons and weaponry technology as well. They elect to eschew certain areas of weaponry and warfare out of compassion for their enemies. They had been for a considerable time before their meeting with the wider community at large. This reservation, this lack of commitment of weapons, armor, tactics, and manpower tames them in comparison to other species who are less interested in such restrictions or such civility. A big stick is scary but its only true measure of the wielder is if they're willing to wield it. That is why other races out there, such as the Sephirasi or the Taloks, are in many cases greater warrior species. However, we still fear them, and rightly so. Humans restrict themselves, but they also plan. The first major conflict humans had with another species was on behalf of a client herbivore race and was actually against the Sephirasi. The Sephiroth's high command, recognizing the race that they were going to war against, was numerically and technologically a fledgling race, 
actually open concessions with humanity. A statement of intent. A measure by which tacticians of the level of threat they were. Explanation of the kind of combat that they would expect. Requests for their withdrawal from the conflict. Permission to request statuses of fair and agreeable surrendering terms beforehand. The humans sent back an appreciative letter, thanking Sephiroth's high command, and attached a series of requests and agreeable contact in war for them to both act upon. On review, however, of these requests, the relative timescales many entries worked on were, at minimum, of two GSR, Galactic Standard Rotations, equal to roughly three human soda years, with a theoretically infinite maximal time. Others spoke of level of wholesale conflict under constant high stress, high hazard conditions entirely unheard of in modern warfare, and all spoke of a history having dealt with such before. Seven other requests have been compiled and summarized below. Every seven soda cycles upon sounding of attached sound file, a temporary ceasefire is conducted to allow for the burial rites to be performed upon the fallen. If artillery bombardments are to be undertaken, that they are not to last longer than seven hours, approximately 30,000 standard time increments, to avoid excessive damage to local biosphere. In 56 standard Terran days and every 365.4 after that, a day of ceasefire will be performed for religious and psychological reasons. Fair and equitable treatment to be provided to those captured in war, all through conquest of land. Combatants wear recognizable uniforms to designate themselves separate from non-combatants. Death by pain weaponry, such as flamethrowers, viral bombardment, electronic torture methods, or psychological trauma-inducing weaponry are not to be permitted. In three human solar years, we issue an open communication channel to discuss the further conflicts and revision of agreed-upon rules to fair and honorable conflict. The original text contained 56 individual requests, each similar in nature. Upon revision of such an extensive list and such extremely long-term preparations, the Surferous High Command maintained open communications with humanity. As such a long-term conflict, containing both entrenchment and guerrilla warfare was entirely unheard of in modern conflict. The war remained cold, bar a single honor duel performed to satisfy Sephrosary battle honor, and eventually Sephrosary entered an alliance with the fledgling humanity. Every year they perform a combined arms performance exercise on one of their planets. During this anniversary of the declaration of war, ending traditionally in honor duel between two of the greatest swordsmen from either planet. Humanity is not especially warlike species or society, when compared to other warlike societies out there. What is scary about them is not their violence, but what kind of violence they might expect. If you want someone to dodge between bullets and slay a foe with blinding speed, take a Sephirasi. If you want someone to crush anything beneath their mighty tread, take it to lax. If you want someone to endure everything, be wounded greatly and pushed to the brink for unreasonable amounts of time, yet keep on fighting with everything they have, pick a human. End of story. Story number two. A brief look at the advertisements for human weapons. 
written by Quasar Eidfist. We have received many a question about Terran weaponry. In the interest of public knowledge and personal interest, we acquired a few and tested them out. Firstly, a handgun. The Nightfall QT-47 utilizes Quasar Industries' patented energy storage and discharge technology to accelerate tungsten alloy coated slivers of neurodinium to high speeds via electromagnetics. It has options for semi-automatic, burst fire, or automatic fire at a rate of 1,200 rounds per minute, with a handle that will automatically shift to fit the hand of its wielder, to built-in recoil suppressors, to being vacuum, water, high-pressure, low-temperature, high-temperature proof. This gun will outlast you and your descendants unless you really try to destroy it. It has three levels of capacitor draw available to it, with the lowest able to punch through body armor after plowing through several walls, and the highest settings able to go straight through an armored Union shuttlecraft. Buy one today for only 20,000 credits. Quasar Industries takes no responsibility for any malfunctions of the device and have been tampered with, and with such tampering will be void the warranty. Class 2 personnel armament permit required to buy, carry, and use or sell. Prices may vary. Quasar Industries takes no responsibilities for the actions of any who buy this product. We bought one of these and tested it out. If anything, the capabilities of it are understated in the ad. Besides its firepower, we tried crushing it in a hydraulic press. It broke the press. Do note that something like this would be military only for us. Whereas, for them, a Class II personal armament permit is pretty much along the lines of, uh, you haven't committed a felony and aren't dumb enough to shoot yourself in the face with this. This gun isn't actually that much heavier than a handgun we might produce, despite its ammunition, due to how minuscule the ammunition is. Still, the accurate feather traveling at a sufficient velocity will knock over its target, and this does a lot more than that. We were skeptical at first about the claims of it being able to shoot through a shuttlecraft. It went straight through three in a row. We only lined up three. We bought a light anti-personnel sniper rifle from one of their sporting goods stalls. Upon testing it, the person firing it had both arms broken from the recoil, and the projector went through one mountain and a got stuck somewhere in the second. As for the actual military equipment, Take, for example, the Hal Goose light attack craft and its ammunition. The shell fired from each of the main guns is 3.4 kilogram armor penetrating with a payload set off by timer or inertial fuses of antimatter. To be more precise, anti-hydrogen, and as such the amount of it that in order for it to fit into the shell, it is compressed by electromagnetics to be solid. The light craft can fire about 65 of these rounds per second per gun. Oh, and the fighter craft has shields stronger than most of our battleships, because of course it does. When asked why, on the eighth ring of Satsakchol, a battleship would need that much power, let alone a light attack craft, humans generally responded with something along the lines of, uh, because big explosions are awesome, or it's classified. I think it's safe to say that uh, if firing doesn't kill you, having it fired at you definitely will. Holt's true. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope 
that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment, just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.